A nature trail is more than a path. It's a place for laughter, self-reflection, and a breath of fresh air. All Trails Plus helps you plan your next hike so you can relax and enjoy the journey. Discover new trails near you with the distance away feature and get immersive trail previews and offline maps so you can take those exciting first steps with confidence. Get outside today with three free months of All Trails Plus. Just use code PODCAST23 at alltrails.com slash podcast. That's three months free at alltrails.com slash podcast with code PODCAST23. Ladies and gentlemen from the Microsoft Theater here yeah. in downtown Los Angeles. Hey, yo, I see you, man. Brought to you by Sean Porter Promotions. Hey, yo, Sean Porter, hold tight. We coming out there. Live from Los Angeles. Hey, yo, put your headphones it's on, man. It's time for the main. You're giving some of the fans what they want, playing the intro. But some of the other ones are going to be cooking it. What's going on, fellas? Can you hear me up there? Yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, good. Got the headphones way off, the microphone way up in the air. The intro is going off. Hey. Got, the, got a button up, a tie Okay, in okay, there he is. Bro, he's back from the corona. What corona? <laughs> you back, baby? I never left. <laughs> Damn Corona, C nineteen. That's what I'm calling it from now on. I, I so I got it, and that's all I'm hearing. People say I was like, I'm so tired of hearing this, and I was tired of hearing it last year, and and I've been tired of hearing it. And I was like, I got to figure out something else to come up with. It's got to be something else that we could say. We all know what we're talking about. And I end up doing an interview with somebody, and they said they referred to the C nineteen. I was like, boom, there it is. I'm going with C nineteen from now on. So. Yeah, I had C nineteen, but it didn't, it didn't, it didn't hurt me. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. My dad, my yeah. dad, act like he didn't know I had it today. Training. <laughs> oh, what you mean? I, I, I promise you, I lost five pounds what you today. Mean? I lost five oh, pounds today. I lost more weight <laughs> today than oh, I did I, the whole time I was dealing with C nineteen. <laughs> you want to be good? You want to be great? Right. Okay? You ain't got time for that. This is true. Then, then my dad. So my dad got his Dominican fighter in here. The Dominican fighter was running with me. I'm not mad at him. My dad stopped. My dad was on the bike. He stopped and started yelling at the Dominican. And then my guy, my dad got another guy who can translate. Tell him if Sean can't keep oh, up, Sean got to take his ass home. But you running with me and you keep up with me. I'm like, I was does, like, <laughs> does the translator in that circumstance do they keep the same energy right. that KP has? No, I, I know. Like, he didn't. Like- and so I've been in that realm a li- enough now to know, like, oh, so man. I saw him, like, he kind of gave him a little bit, but it was not the same energy at all, right? Because that tone can completely change. Yeah, it could be, be KP tough. yelling, and the translation's yeah. like, yeah, just speed up a little bit. And he's like, oh, okay, sounds, sounds good. Meanwhile, KP's got the vein on the side of his head. <laughs> right, Who's yeah. My- that Cuban kid translating for him? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he- he's definitely not getting across everything Kenny's saying. Ah. In, in number of war, words or tone for kid. Yeah. I know I'll see him, I'll see him tell and I, the Dominican kid name, Hendry. Yeah, Hendry. And, and your dad will be trying to tell Hendry something <laughs> and have it translate. And the kid almost looks scared. Like he doesn't want to say everything the way your dad just said it to the guys. So. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's uh, it's going to be interesting for a little while. Um, this is what I do know about this young kid. I've seen him uh, just in video so far tomorrow. I'm going to more than likely get in the ring with him myself. But what I know about the kid so far is that he is hungry. And whenever you got a young guy, you always want to know 
what's their thirst like? You know, how how much do they really want to succeed? How much do they really want this? How much are they really willing to sacrifice? This kid was about to be on the on the Dominican Olympic team, and he he left that to come here and turn pro. And um, you know, obviously seeing my dad on TV, seeing my dad with me carries a lot of weight for my dad. So you will say, you know, you can't even speak to this guy. You can't communicate. What? Why do you find yourself trusting in this in this guy and my dad? And I got a feeling that the kid has just seen what my dad's done with me. And I think that, uh, you know, that I think it's carried enough weight for this kid to say, he, I can do it too, and I want to do it with Kenny Porter. So my dad is creating a stable, man. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool to see. And this kid uh, beat Elvis Rodriguez, you know, last year's prospect of the year. He right. fought him five times and he beat him twice. Right. Um, and I joke around with your dad, Sean. I'm like, okay, so you're like Belichick, huh? You ready to build from the – from the ground up with a yeah. stable, huh? Yeah. And, and what's good about your dad working with this kid, Sean, is the kids from the Dominican Republic, and we've seen fighters back in the day like Joan Guzman, who was so talented. Oh, arguably, wow. <laughs> right, blast from the past. Yeah. And he's a guy who had more talent than anybody pound for pound, but he didn't achieve his potential because he needed a Kenny Porter. He needed someone to say, okay, that's great. You could zoom in and out of range. You could land an uppercut far out from where you're not even supposed to throw it. Yeah. But what about that jab? What about fighting round 10, 11, 12 the same way you came out? One, yeah. two, three. So I'm interested to see what KP does with this kid. He got a lot of talent. And I'm interested to see how that sparring goes. Let me, let me, are, are you coming tomorrow? Leave your camera at home. This is not. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, I'll yeah. be there. Watch. <laughs> this kid, man, my dad's been sending me videos of this dude. I'm like, all right, yeah, let me get in the ring with him. So it's John not. doesn't want any incidents it, like Ant and I were offering the Pacquiao <laughs> footage up for the for the right price. Oh, yeah. Like, nah, just don't even bring the camera. Listen, let me say this, and then I'm gonna bring in our first guest, uh, Sean. You are amazing, and I just want to take a second to to recognize you on this podcast, which is. We, we we, I'm gonna speak for myself. I was bringing you on, uh, of course, as a friend, but because I know, I know you are viable. Um, but for you to just throw out that name right there, say his name again. Joan Guzman. Guzman. I'm sure we all remember him. Nope, no, no, nope. People, look up, look this guy up. He was the guy. At what was he at one? 26? It was hard for him to stay in one weight. Yeah, because the discipline. Yeah, because of the discipline. Yeah. Yeah. And good Lord, when was he a champion? Oh, my Lord. 2010? Uh, he beat Humberto Soto in 2007, 2008. 2000. And Humberto Soto was, was a number one rated 130 pounder or something like that. Yeah. So, so I mean, just yeah. that's just the, I, I wanted to use that as a testament to your knowledge for this game and, and, and also your uh your compassion and, and also your uh your um commitment to the to the sport of boxing because I'm telling you that you just threw out a name that not very many people who who watch this show are gonna know and and you guys feel free to uh, comment if you do know this guy if you remember this guy because this guy was a absolute force but he did not have the discipline that it took to cut it in this game but f- to me like I'm supposing those certain people I'll tell you how I found out who he was I ended up going to Gleason's and I walked past him quite a few times over the, the course of the week. And I kept recognizing. I'm like, you look so familiar. 
but he was blown up. Like he's not the same guy. And so I, I leaned over to my dad. I said, Dad, who who is that guy? I know him. He said, Yeah, you just know him about fifty pounds lighter. And and I'm like, Wow, I, I did not know who that was. And so a lot of people wouldn't even recognize him or or may not even remember him. But he was an absolute force. But for you to just name drop that dude is to me is is amazing, man. I'm like I'm like wow. A lot of, a lot of praise for Zaytel recently. I, I I find him like I said a bit overrated, but um. Overall, he pointed at him. <laughs> you know what's beautiful? That, like, you at some point you will get haters. So I just love Carson for like beating him to the punch. As someone I actually know who's a good guy, like, <laughs> like if it any haters be referred to Carson, okay, yeah. that is his. That's his. Job. Anytime that's you'll see job. like a thread and people are like, "Man, Sean's," I tell you, do such a great job for boxing. I'm like, I mean, he got a great head of hair and he's a good guy, but talented. I mean, maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But so our first guest, he got impatient and uh, okay. I'm reaching back out to tell him to call back in. I respect that. Um, I, Jamel respect, I, I, I respect our first guest even more. After hearing <laughs> that. Jamel, I, mean, I ain't playing that. He, I know he's on the East Coast. It's 930 his time. But man, listen, I thought he did something special the other night. Uh, and we'll get into it, and I'm sure we'll get into it with him. But I, I like to hear from y'all. Also, hey, shout out to CLW. I see you, Carson, rocking yeah. the hat. Coach Coach Larry Wade's merchandise, best in the game. Yes, on sir. The website, but go check it out. <laughs> I can't it. afford one of those. Hey, give me one of those, Sean. I got. <laughs> what you? What you what mean? Oh, that was. <laughs> yeah, what you mean? That was the Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That sounds like Ronald Duck or something. Huh? I, got a, I, got a, I bought an ultimate sack, put it downstairs. I can't use it no more because it's, it's it's a bachelor thing, supposedly. We we do have to, before I comment on Jamel Herring's impressive win, we have to comment on Sean with the ultimate Sean Porter outfit, a button-up, a tie with a thick knot, and a headband. People don't understand how, how deep in the headband game Sean was for – a decade at least. Uh, yeah, it was easy a decade, and I was trying to make it my look. And yeah. then just over the what course of time, that? I outgrew it. <laughs> to say the least, I outgrew it. No, I literally, Carson knows, like, every single day at school, I was wearing a headband. Yeah. And, and, you know, when I found out I could wear a headband, the school was a wrap. Because, like, like, now I'm like, okay, I can wear that school, then I can wear it anywhere. And, I mean, I was showing up to fights with headbands on. I still wear them oh, in the ring night of Sean, because that, that takes every, me to that. Every 2000s rapper. It was like Chingy, <laughs> Murphy <laughs> Lee, Nelly, and Sean Porter. And then, yeah. And then they were every doing – Every person I know used to wear headbands would give you buckets. I mean, if you seen him <laughs> walking down the street with a headband on, he could give you buckets. No, that does not. That, that does oh, not apply. That's not Sean? That's, oh, not okay. apply. Right. To Jamel right. Herring, I thought, I thought that was probably the best I've seen Jamel Herring look in, in, a, in a while. Not that he's looked bad, um, but I thought, he, I thought he looked really good. There was a little bit of, not a lull, but a little bit of a maybe downturn after the cut. I thought Frampton kind of started to to put the pedal to the metal a little bit, and I mm-hmm. thought there was a little bit of momentum, and then Jamel quickly snuffed that out. And My then, man, he snuffed it out with an uppercut. I was like, man. "Whoa!" Yeah, really good performance overall, and <laughs> and I and I don't think I was like, "Oh, that's what I did." I said because I, <laughs> I I I didn't think it was gonna go that way, so I was looking up and looking down. And and as I looked down, I saw I saw the I saw the punch, and then I saw 
Frampton just fall back. I said, whoa, like, what happened, you know? Rewind that. Rewind that. Whoa. <laughs> Jamel fought no, no, no. a perfect fight. Like, he fought, like, his version of Hopkins Trinidad. You know, he just fought the perfect fight. Mm. And and I think part of why Frampton got clipped with that uppercut was he went, like, I talked with Frampton before the fight about being Canelo Frampton. You know how Canelo does all those great things to be shorter than a guy and, and still find a way to do what he's got to do. But, you know, Frampton is an athletic little guy. I thought even though he got knocked out in this fight, even more impressive for Herring, he didn't look bad. He looked small. He was in a weight class, you know, fighting a much bigger guy, but his legs and his power still looked good. Um, he had a little moment in the fourth round. And like you guys said, like Jamel Herring wouldn't let the play get taken away from him. Yeah. Uh, Miguel, like Miguel Cotto, went, the first time he fought Antonio Margarito, he didn't know when to plant his feet and, and keep him from coming forward and keep that stave off that momentum. And Jamel did that uh, beautifully. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Carl wasn't able to be, you know, Canelo Frampton, you know, he tried, he moved his head well sometimes, but he didn't have a jab coming in. And Jamel just, he, he boxed like he did when he won his title against Ito, but twice as good. I mean, Jamel looked so good that hands down, I thought Valdez or Stevenson would beat him. And, and now I still think both those guys are favorites, but a lot, it's a lot closer now than I originally thought. So it was, it was a 10 out of 10 for Jamel. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I don't, I don't think, I haven't seen much of it, but I don't think, it was a while wow, Frampton didn't really look good, so Herring looked good by comparison. I think Frampton was in there. He was trying to win the fight. Uh, he was trying to do what he could, and Jamel just looked that good that he it, he made it, he made Frampton look bad by comparison. Well, we got Jamel now, so we'll bring him in. Let's, let's bring him in. My man been waiting. I feel He's bad. Let me find this clapper. There it is. There it is. I found the clapper. What's going on? How you doing? What's going on, y'all? Congratulations, sir. Appreciate you, Sean. Thank you, man. Hey, man. Listen, very, very proud of you, man. Thank you, bro. The I you you guys had uh, quite a blueprint that y'all that y'all came to the ring with. Let's start there, man. Um, The training camp and into the fight. I mean, like it seemed to me like you were beyond ready. Is that how you felt? As you entered the ring, um, yeah, like Sean, you know, it, it all, it all comes together in camp, you know. Like, um, I just felt that I had, I, like, I had a great camp, and I, I knew what I had to do, and, you know, I, I, when it came down to the fight, like everything, like I, I, like I was telling myself, as you like, before that ring walk, you know, I, I would just, you know, that just that, that that split moment to myself, I was just saying, like, okay, this is what we work for. This is, we know why we're here. We didn't come here just to, you know, lay down and roll over, especially way out here. And, you know, I, 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 I was just at ease. I just had the, that, that, I was just calm and, yeah. and just focused. And, and I was, I was well, well prepared because I, I, I knew I had several game plans in my head the way, like, you know, how you play out the fight in your head. So I knew there was several ways it can go. Yeah. I was like, no way he can outbox me. So I know his thing is going to try to basically get in. But if he gets in, I mean, we have we have a formula for that as well. Was this your yeah. first camp with Bo Mac? No, no, this is actually the um, like I think like the fifth or sixth. Oh, okay, this yeah. your, okay. Like, like since I've since I've been with Tyrek, I've been with um. With oh, Bo Mack, okay, 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 okay. So right. yeah, man, you you seem to have like really settled in over there. What's yeah. I, this was the number one question I have for you. Then I'm gonna let my guys jump in, but I and and I was like, man, I don't know if he's gonna answer this question, but. 
what's going on over there, man? Like, Bo Mack is, <laughs> is making it work. What's you going know, on over there? You ain't got to say too much because I get it, but, nah, you yo, know what's what going on over there? It's, it's, it's one of those things where, like, it comes down to trust. And what I mean by that is, like, Sean, you've been around just as long as I've been around yeah. the game. Like, when we've been to seeing different camps, like, you have, like, great trainers, like, maybe like a Freddie Roach. But if the, if the chemistry and trust isn't there, you can't you, – you really that much you can do as a trainer or as a fighter. Yeah. You know, you have to – everybody has to be on the same level. And it just, like – it just fit – it just fit well with me because, as you know, you know, I started out with Mike Stafford. Love Mike Stafford. Yeah. Um, you know, love love Adrian. I was I was with them when you and Adrian had fought. I was, yeah. I was training with them. But, yeah. like – you was ruling against me? Was you ruling against me? The focus so much wasn't... Yeah, was. was you ruling against me? <laughs> yeah, the, the focus yeah, so much was, <laughs> was you ruling against me? Like, Answer you know, the question. Like was you ruling against me? <laughs> nah, because you, you know, you know, because you know, I got love for your father like crazy. You know, Absolutely. You know, your father's my guy. Yeah. So like me, I was just like, I, looked at it, I was just a neutral guy at the time. I was just like, you know, I'm looking forward to a good fight. Yeah. And I mean, I was there, but like... No, nah, but to your point, though. But to your but point. Yeah, what I was yeah. saying is like this, like, the the... The focus wasn't always so much on me. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't at A B status. You know right. what I mean? I was still trying to find my way and you know and, and footing. Mm-hmm. But and I, I just didn't get that right attention. And, you mm-hmm. know, Mike's, you know, Mike's a good guy and a good coach, but it's at times I just wasn't getting that the, the proper attention that I needed. Mm-hmm. As with Bowman, it's like this, like when it's your camp. Is your camp. You're mm-hmm. the main focus. You're the, you're the prime objective. Mm-hmm. And there's no egos. You know, mm-hmm. there's no egos with, with, with Terrence or, or this one. Everyone gets their, you know, their, their proper share. And, and for me, it, it just it just goes it goes a lot easier and, and it flows. Well, I'm gonna pass the mic, but I, I want to say, man, I'm proud of you. You have found your footing and and you you solidified that the other night, man. I'm proud of you, you for that. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Like Sean said, I think that was the best. And not to say you haven't looked good recently. I think that was the best you've looked recently. Right. Um, do you think coming off that last fight where there's a lot of outside noise with the circumstances that you felt maybe a little more juice to, to get, you know, a stoppage highlight win? Oh, yeah. Um, I was so much looking for the stoppage, but just looking, coming off, you know, a great performance overall, period. Like, um, I knew what Frampton brought to the table. Like, I, I, for me, I always had a great deal of respect for him. I've been a fan. I, I've, you know, expressed that throughout, throughout the whole buildup. Like, it was no trash talk for me. I was just, I was just, want, I just wanted the opportunity to show that what was seen in September that wasn't who I am. You know what I mean? And I needed, I just needed that that proper dance partner, not just anybody, but the right dance partner with mm-hmm. the right name and the right, you know, and who brought the the right amount of attention to bring the best out of me. Yeah, and th- you heard all the comments before the fight. He kept talking about retirement, retirement. You know, usually you guys talk about, I'm going to win, I'm going to knock this guy out. <laughs> but did you feel like I'm going to sign these retirement papers for you? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, like, as a fighter, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, like I said again, I know Sean can, yeah. can bounce off of that. It's like once you start speaking into things of that nature, it's basically like you already got one foot out the door. Mm-hmm. And even at the press conference, he tried to basically revert that to me. Like, this is a oh, one of a fight. If the loser loses, you know. And I was like, hold up. Like, <laughs> wait no, a second. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not even, I'm not even thinking my, like, losing never came to my mind. And, yeah. and, like, even if I did lose, retirement wasn't the next thing in my mind as, as well. I was just thinking, like, the whole time, like, I'm going to win this fight. And even if somehow I don't win this fight, I, retirement still never came to mind. But, like, when I started, like, seeing things that, and hearing things from his camp, I started to think, like, you know, 
if, if his head is in it, because like, you know, the saying goes, boxing is 80% mental, 20% physical. Like we always, you will always come across a fighter that has all the talent in the world, but if he doesn't have the right mindset, you know, there's not so much, there's not so far he can get. Well, you know, uh, Larry Merchant used to always say that about one foot out the door if you're already talking retirement. Right. Um, but I, I think you correct me if I'm wrong, Jamel. Like after the Okendo fight, did you mention retirement yourself? And then yeah, and I, get and I, I yeah, and I, I'm glad you asked that. And I and I basically mentioned that because I didn't know what the COVID, how you know, the lasting effects would do to my body. Like in that fight, I just wasn't reacting well to. It anything like I didn't have that that you know that same endurance that you guys usually see me with like I didn't have that 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 gas tank I'm used to having and I thought like you know like I said the pandemic is new to all of us so we don't we still we're still learning as we go so but at the time it's like man even like I passed with you know negative results my body is still feeling everything that that's that that hit me weeks ago something like you know I I still train but it's like I still couldn't hit that mark to where I feel the best at my game. And I just wasn't sure if I, you know, if my body would be able to handle a guy such as Carl Frampton, because I knew what he was gunning for. Like it's hard, like I said, once again, the mental aspect, his, his mentality was history. You know, he was trying, he wanted to go out doing something big. And it was like, it wasn't so much of me fighting the physical form of Carl Frampton. I had to beat, you know, the guy who had that will, to make history by any means. And it was like, if I wasn't at my best, I wouldn't have, like, if I, I, I say it all the time. If I would have fought him in September, I wouldn't have won that fight. Mm. There's no way I can do it. And I was saying like, but I, as a the champion, I was still saying that I, I committed myself to making that fight. So if that's my last fight, then so be it. But we'll have to like, we'll see. But like, you know, once I went home and got the proper rest, I got that and started watching, you know, watching all the fights and everything going around me. That's why I got my hunger for because I love the sport so much. And, you know, once I got that hunger back, that was my determination. It was, it was more of redemption now to redeem myself from the Nintendo fight and, and go into the um, the Frampton fight with a whole new aspect. You know, we always talk about that it's, it's almost too quick for the what's next after a nice win. Obviously, you have a great win over the weekend. Is it is it a little frustrating that you have – I mean, there's not a time to reflect on this. It's like 30 days – Good luck. So, is that a little frustrating for you? Um, no, because I mean, like I said, me, me and Sean, no, it, it comes with it. It comes with the game. Like yeah. you, you, you already have a sense of what's going to happen next before you even that's get your true. hand raised. Like you know everything, especially with the politics of boxing. You know everything. You hear everything's going on, so you already have a sense what's to come next. So, but for me, you know, I'm just like I'm still just enjoying my moment. And you know, I'm not. I'm not feel like I'm being pressured or anything like that. Like it, it just, it's just the business of boxing. But I mean, it is what it is. After, after a successful run mm-hmm. on the amateur, what what drove you to join the Marines? Um, I just like I, you know, I came from a place where there wasn't there wasn't much going on, okay. but you no know, trouble. And at the time, okay. I was like, I, well, I'm not a street guy. You know, that's not me. That's not I'm, first of all. I've never been a street guy. Like I, like I always had to stay busy to keep myself away from, you know, to do or dealing with the streets. And at the time it was like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't like, I was, I was a good student in high school, but at the same time, I wasn't the one to say, well, I want to go to college. So that was my way out though. That was my way yeah. out of getting away from everything that was going on in my environment. So that's why, that's why I joined the Marine Corps. And how, how, how competitive was this Marine boxing? 
I mean, you know, it, it was competitive. It was comp- you know, it was competitive because, like, at the time, like I said, I was around when they when, when Sean was still in the amateurs, and then, like, you still had to like balance out your Marine Corps, um, you know, career. And but if you wanted to box, you know, yeah, the, the, um, getting on a team was it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't too rough, but it was like, but that national level is when you had to really oh, focus, God. and that's when I like. Like that's when I really like was like like really like studying the amateur system more and more. Like it was rough. Like I missed the um like because of deployments and everything. Like, I missed going to like the um oh seven oh eight trials and, and things of nature. Oh, okay. But I watched like guys like Sean, Danny Jacobs, all those guys. Yeah. You know the Keith Thurmans, all those guys you see today now yeah. who became champions. And you know, and it was like you. Like if you wanted to make your mark, you had to do it on those nat- on that national mm-hmm. level on that national scene. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't even make the Olympics, you still wanted to make your name and make your mark. Because I always tell like I, like I always tell kids today, like you know, kids today because boxing now is is, is everywhere. You know, it's, it's on it's on streaming services and every different networking name now. So these kids they see they see the all the limelight. But I always tell these kids like, yo, no, you need to um. The amateur system to me is like your bot. It's like your job yeah. resume. Yeah, yeah, Build yeah, your yeah. resume up. Yeah. On, on 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 these on these na- on the national and international scene if you're lucky, and be- before you decide to make that that pro scene. So that's why I always you know I always you know give my respect and thanks to the amateur program because like I said a lot of those guys who I see now like Sean and the rest of them, they all became we all became world champions. But we, we and, but it's all credit to. What we learned in that experience from the amateur background. Hey, listen, I got a funny story, man. When I was eight, nine years old, we were going to, to national tournament, the uh, state fair. Back when I was little, the state fair was one of the bigger. Yeah, the state fair was one of the biggest to- was, national tournaments. Yeah, when I was when I was little, when I was eight, nine years old, it was like it was bigger than the U.S. championships. And that's yeah. how that's how big the uh, fair was. And when I went to the fair. I saw the Marines. I had no clue, nothing about the Marines at all. All I saw was red and yellow, and I seen about 20 guys. I'm smaller, so it seemed like a whole bunch of guys <laughs> knocking, knocking heads. I remember when I was eight, nine years old, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a Marine. I'm going to fight for them. <laughs> I, I didn't know what it was. Right. I got a little bit older, right? And, and obviously, I find out what it is and all that. I'm like, hmm, I could still do that. I go to a national tournament, right? And I draw a Marine. And 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 I'm 17. The Marine is in his 20s, and I wipe I wipe him out right after I wiped him out. I was like I was like, no, nah, I'm cool on the Marines. I don't need that. I, don't need I was that. hoping it was getting with him beating the dog shit out of you. No, absolutely oh, not. Like I said, yeah, man. Like not it was not, but it, but it's like, it was like that, man. Like it was rough because a lot of the times, like we didn't have um that that. That yeah, y'all didn't y'all didn't have what we had. Like I saw y'all when I was eight nine years old. Right. A, lot, a lot of the Marine guys, y'all don't start boxing until y'all get into the program. Yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot of w the guys. Cap and all them, that. Them, so yeah, some of them they, they wasn't boxing until they got in the service because it was a way of them, you know, just getting away from things. So a lot of that that was the case. But for me, I was thinking of that I, like I was looking at as I can gain more experience now that I can get to these tournaments because yeah. like Sean knows when you guys. Amateurs, like I, that's why I give credit to amateur coaches because you doing this for the love of the sport. Right. You, you come out your own pocket, <laughs> right? To you know to get to these tournaments, but like you know in the Marine Corps they had the funding and everything like that. So like I was taking full advantage of that. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, like I had to go out there and represent because yeah, I mean it wasn't even just Marines; it was in the Army team, 
they would get dog. Like I mean, because <laughs> they, they would get a ride. They, they all they would like the military would always get a slot. Yeah. In the, um, at the for the trial. Hey, we hated y'all. We hated yeah, y'all. They hated <laughs> we hated y'all. Too, too. <laughs> they get here just for one, maybe two fights, and they get a, a slot at the um at the you know at, at the Olympic trial. So we knew we had a target on our back. I was like, man, I never forget. Like even like when I when I had competed. At the 2011 trials, like I was like literally like like the eighth seed. Yeah. And but uh, but like you know, and Sean tell you is a winners bracket and a loop. But I, I I stayed in the winners bracket throughout the the whole thing, and, and, I, and I won it all. You know what I mean? And I was fighting guys, and I was fighting guys. Like it's it's a funny story. It, I think the the Olympic trials was actually like my first major national championship mm-hmm. title that I won. I won the U.S. nationals afterwards. But mm-hmm. that's that's never that's unheard of. Usually, mm-hmm. you got guys winning the PAL, yeah. National Golden Gloves, USA Nationals. Yeah, my first big national tournament was the trials, and then that's when I was still learning. Like Sean was there when I was in, like when we was in camp out in the Kyle yeah, Springs. Man. I was still learning as I, I was learning on the go. Like these yeah. guys at the time, they had like um like two hundred amateur fights. I yeah. still had. I still like when I fin- when I left the amateurs at the Olympics. I still had under a hundred amateur fights. Yep, yep. Let me let me say this because <laughs> y'all always had a target on your back because y'all got an automatic bid into the trials. Right. You weren't supposed to win the trials. No. And nope. and and what I saw you do the other night, I'm going to be honest with you. I said, okay, Frampton is probably going to take this. Frampton's right. got the m- more experience. I, Frampton's been ferocious in the past, all that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, Frampton's probably going to take this. But of course, knowing you, seeing where you come from, and all that, there's a part of me that's saying, I want Jamel to do his thing. You come right. out and you start doing your thing. The other night was not supposed to happen. The same no. way you weren't supposed to win. The trials wasn't supposed to happen. You go to world. You go now. You going to U.S. Championships and people are like, yo, this the dude that won the trials. Then you mess around. <laughs> that you wasn't supposed to win the U.S. Championships. Listen, you know what I mean? Man. Like you've you've lived quite a a a a, 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 a quite a, a, a boxing career like to this point, man. So again, very proud of you. And you know, I would be remiss if I didn't ask what's next. Um, you know what I mean? Like I said, Sean, <laughs> we come from that same that old school mentality. Like for me, it's about legacy. Yeah. Like, like people, like I mean, I, I don't, I don't judge. Like you know, what we see now the younger talent in terms of everyone wants to make the most money. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a business. Boxing is a business, but I see too. We all see too much. The younger fighters focus on the purse. Mm-hmm. But for me, I always believe that. The money is gonna come yeah. with the, with the performances that the better performances you put on. So for me, um, we know Shakur is obviously my mandatory, and I love Shakur. Shakur is my guy. Mm-hmm. But if I give him the opportunity, if I if I could fight the man in my division, which is Oscar Valdez, and I could do it for the lineal title, which is the Ring Magazine, which I grew up, you know, admiring as a kid from reading, you know, the Ring Magazine from from the time I can remember. Yeah, that's what I want to go at. Yeah. That's what, and, and 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 we clearly know it's there, it's right there because we're in the same stable. Um, Oscar Valdez, he actually expressed it before I even, you know, even got my hand raised against um, Frampton. So, if I could, that would be my choice because you know he beat the man, and I give him all respect. I'm not gonna, you know, he he beat Miguel Burchell, yeah. a guy that he wasn't like damn, he, a guy he wasn't even supposed to beat. Right? They actually thought that he had less of a chance against Burchell than I did against Frampton. If you really, if you look wow. back on it, yeah, and um. You were chasing after Rochelle for like two or three years. Yeah, and you know, yeah, and he got to him and he, he beat him, and I tip my hat to him. So it's like, you know, I'd rather go for the top of the totem pole. 
you know, especially if it, if it gets me on the shot also in the process to win another world title, you know, why not? But that that's just me. And before, like I said, going back though, well, I, I'm sure I'm pretty sure you remember back at the um the training center though. I don't care anybody said I had one of the toughest sparring part. <laughs> or like 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 listen, for one, I was at the time I was fighting at 141 junior junior welterweight. Yeah, I had to deal with a um a, a young Adrian Bronin before he won his first world title. Yeah, I had to deal with Lamont Roach. I mean, I mean, Peterson. Lamont Peterson before yep. he, before he fought Amir Khan, yep. so he was hungry. Yeah, and then I had to deal with uh, I had Jorge Linares. Those, uh-huh. those were my those are my three sparring. <laughs> and them guys, listen, I learned so much in just to know those few weeks with yeah. those guys. Yeah, I never like I never I would never forget it. But yeah, man, like that's why I tell kids a lot of my a lot of like my my experience comes from. Days like that, you know, just yeah. just you know, the amateur looking and looking at the guys who are already at the pro level and seeing, you know, that you know this man he's getting ready for a world title, like it's crazy, like you know, and I'm just looking at it, and then you know, saying it, it's just it's just humbling. That's why I'm still the same way that I am today. Now, anybody else got something for him? I got one more thing. Go ahead, man. Yeah, no, I'm gonna, oh, just... another Ohio champion. I'm always happy. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, before you jumped on Jamel, man, I was saying. That was like your Hopkins Trinidad type performance. I said I think the same, that's like, funny. I said the same thing because I'm at the age where Hopkins beat Trinidad, and it's like people feel like I'm still I'm still getting better, and that's because like you um I, you know and I, and I and I and I get that to hop like learning from guys like B Hop, like being disciplined outside of boxing, away from the cameras, like. With me, when I'm not training, I'm still doing something to keep my body in shape or I'm staying out of, like, trouble where, you know, I don't want to get the wrong publicity. I'm not out here partying and, and drinking. It's like, you know, if I want to still go further in the, in, the, in, the, in the game, I have to, you know, stay disciplined outside away from, you know, the cameras when, no one, when nobody's looking. So, and I, and I give that to guys like, you know, Bernard Hopkins and, you know, and like I said, I'm just I'm just glad that you know I finally had my moment. But I don't want that to be you know my last big moment. I still want to go out there and, and improve, you know, more. Like, and there's not people that don't know. Like, like I get I, like I love what Sean has done for his career. We all know Terrence is my guy, but I was one of the one main ones that kept saying I want to see that fight. And then people were like, why you want to? I said, cause Sean. I said when Sean fights. He's never in a boring fight. Mm-hmm. He's gonna, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I, I told, I, I told my own team that I said I want to. If this fight don't happen, I want to see. I want to see Sean and Sean and Buzz fight. Yeah. And I was like, that that is to me that that's a good fight. That's a good fight for boxing. And you'd be room for Bud. Yeah. I mean, nah. I mean, <laughs> I'm not mad at you. Like, those are my boys. Those are, like I'm saying, those are my guys. Those yeah. are my guys. Like, yeah. and they and they know it. Like Sean, Bud knows when, like how yeah. how I feel. You know, with Sean. But like I said. I speak to his father all the time. Yeah. Kenny's my guy. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. that's how that's how I like I know Kenny since I was an amateur. Yeah. So I like I, I like there's one thing about me, I don't I don't flip flop because I'm with this guy or that guy. Even mm-hmm. like I'm cool with Errol. Mm-hmm. You know, me and Errol speak all the time as well. Like mm-hmm. when I Sean and Errol fought, I was looking like that was 50-50. I'm like, I'm because I because we know what we were saying. Oh, yeah. Errol's gonna I said, nah, man. I said, yo, Sean. <laughs> Yeah, said, man. Listen, man. Sean gonna bring that heat. Yeah, and I was at the same thing with Bud. I'm like, bro. Yeah, I, I wanted like I want to see how you know. What I'm saying I want to see all the like the welterweights. I don't care what side of the street. It's just a good division. Let's it's like I want to because I'm, I'm always saying my fan first. Got to do it. Want to see these matches first. So yeah. I'm like, yeah. 
I just didn't want to see that fight. Sean. I don't I, care. Like I, I want to see. Him I picked Bud to win. I picked Bud to win and got my mic cut like one of our first <laughs> episodes. So I thought the same yeah, thing would happen. That, to you that, that, but no, but that just shows me how much I just love the sport. I don't get into the whole who's cool with the clicks and everything like that. Like I said, I wasn't with it when when Sean fought AB. AB's my guy. Yeah. I trained with AB for years, but I was just like, hey, Sean won. I congratulated him. I was like, hey, it is what it is, and I was glad that he actually got to get to more championship fights afterwards. That's how it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, you fight your way, mm-hmm. you do your thing, you should be rewarded. And I'm mm-hmm. glad he did. Yep. Listen, so we got... Uh, boxing Ultimate Nice Guy Award? Is it Jamel Herring or Sean Porter? Uh-uh, no, I think Jamel. Oh, no. 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 It's Leo, Jamel Herring, Shane Jr. I'm cool. I'm cool. Like 10 other people, Adam I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I ain't tripping. I don't even want the award, to be honest with you. I don't even you want know, it. It's not even just about that. It's about if you're just, be, if you're just real. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe in how to play in a character yeah. in, order to, in order to draw attention. I think people just like genuine good people, period. Yeah. You know, we see so many, too many acts in boxing. People can like, fans, they, they, they have so much uh, a hold to who you are with social media they can see right through it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, they can see like, well, one day he was just acting like this on here, but now he's, they see right through it. But if you're just the same, who, if you just go who you are, it, it draw it draws, it draws more, it draws more, um, you draw more bees with honey, as they say. Listen, Jamel. I uh, love your way, Jamel. I, I had to. Again, congratulations. We just got on Lou DeBella. He's right up there in the corner. All right, tell him I said hello, though, man. No, 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 no. You can hey, tell Jamel. him you say hello. What's going on, Lou, man? <laughs> hey, congratulations, bro. That was a brilliant performance, man. Thank you, Lou, I, man. I remember Thank a couple you. of years back when the haters and the people that didn't know better wrote you off. You didn't write yourself off. Look at where you are, man. I'm really proud Thank of you. you. Thank you, Lou. Thank you. I mean, nobody's risen those those rankings quicker than you have as a champion. And, and what you've done, man, has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm, I'm just glad I, I can say I earned it. I never want anything to be given to me, Lou. You know me. I, I'd rather say, like, I, my thing has always been this. I'd rather be called underrated than overrated any day. Yeah. But you, you deserve a big oorah, man. Oorah. Thank you, Oorah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, before you go, because you, you, you mentioned the word legacy, and I've been kind of on this a little bit of a uh, search to see what a guy considers his legacy to be. We all are kind of speaking that word now. A lot of us are saying legacy, legacy, legacy. And I want to, I want to hear your definition of what your legacy, what you want your legacy to be. Um, You know, for me, I, I just want people to remember me as who I was outside of them. Like I wanted to be, you know, I want to be that fighter, you know, that inspired others, especially being the underdog. Mm-hmm. You know, I still went out there, and achieve what I wanted to because I didn't allow others to keep me down. Like Lou, like Lou said, like there were people. I've been in a Shabakov fight. I took a beating. No, there's no, there's no doubt about it. I took a beating, mm-hmm. but I could easily just fade it off in the wind and let that fight define my whole entire career. Or it gave me opportunity to okay to bounce back mm-hmm. and you know show not only who I am as a fighter but my character and mm-hmm. how I you know carry myself. I didn't make any excuses. And here I am today. And so I want people to just remember my legacy as, you know, just the man that I was and, and the people that I've reached and touched over the years. Amen. We appreciate you coming on today, man. We will have you back yes. real soon, Thank man. You. Happy oh, yeah. Go anytime, Sean, man. Y'all take care. Love you go, man. Y'all yes, be sir. Y'all be good. Take Thank care. Much, man. Lou, what's up, baby? How you doing, Sean? What's up, man? 
I want to see you back in the ring, man. I know now, you do. <laughs> now, all, I, all, all I see lately is you is Sean, the commentator, Sean, the TV announcer. Right? <laughs> but you're good at it, bro. You're I'm, good at it. You got, you're going to have a future way beyond when you're fighting. I so, love it. And it little, up, I mean, we, we've sat next to each other at fights before. And I remember I remember, I remember uh, I was sitting next to you at a fight one time. Myself and my dad, we were talking. And you turned behind. You turned around, looked at me and my dad. And you said, you guys are great. Uh, what you guys are saying right now should be on TV, but I'm glad you're right here behind me so that I can hear it. You know, so I mean, I think if anything, you can really attest to how long I've kind of been been training and practicing to do what I'm doing now. Well, look, you and Kenny have been talking boxing on the highest level since you're a kid. Yeah, you know what I mean. And your your dad's a great boxing man. You're a good boxing man, but that's the whole key of being a really good commentator. Or being good at what you're doing, what you guys are doing right now with mm-hmm. the podcast, but really also being a really good commentator. It's about the the ability to talk to the people watching yeah. the same way you'd be sitting talking to your old man about a fight. Yeah, and, and that's and that's that's why you're already pretty good at this. Yeah, and you're going to keep getting better with the more reps you're getting. But ter- you know, terrific transition yeah. to that part of your uh, of your career for sure. Listen, uh, Carson, so I was thinking so, yeah, you, go ahead. before I forget this thought when when Jamel was on, he made a comment about not caring what part of the, the, you know, what side of the street anybody's on. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself, it's just so unfortunate that we haven't seen enough of the best welterweight fights and and particularly how isolated Crawford's been from fighting a a high opposition. But I was also thinking to myself that when, when I first got into boxing and, and I, and I was like a huge fan and it was, uh, the welterweight division and the divisions around it were like Hagler, Ernst, Leonard, Duran, all those guys, and, and loads of others that were at the weight classes at that time. You never heard the fighters talking about the side of the street, who was promoting who, who yeah. was managing who. Yeah. You heard you, you heard them demanding the fights against each other. Yeah. And, and I guess what bothers me a little bit now is there's too many guys I think maybe they hide behind the side of the street a little bit too, mm-hmm. that you don't see them going out there and saying, I want this guy, go get him mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And they start worrying about splits yep. and negotiations. Yep. Well, you know, that's why you got business people around. Yeah. You. That's why you got a manager. That's why you got a, a promoter if you have one, yeah. you know, and, and, yeah. and um, I'm just a little bit sad that we're not seeing more of the best quality product more often. Yeah. Mr. Mr. I'll call you Mr. Boxing in New York. And a glove can go in and out of the state without you knowing about it. <laughs> so I know you know. I know you know. You probably ain't gonna tell me, but we getting we getting cross reporter at the Barclays, right? And I, I just all I want to know because we know we know you missed the New York with boxing. Hey man, I you know thirty years of, of, of hanging out here in New York City and boxing. So you know, but but look, I, on our, at our best, there is no sport that touches boxing. A great, great fight, a heavyweight championship that's evenly matched, like because it's it's mano a mano or woman mm-hmm. against woman. It's not always the best athlete that wins. Yeah. There's all sorts of like intangibles. You know who's got the bigger heart, yeah. who's got more skill, who's faster, who punches harder, who takes punches better. You know, there's so it, 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 there's a beauty and a poetry to our sport that's not there anyplace else. Mm-hmm. When we're at our best. But I'm a little bit disappointed where mm-hmm. with how infrequently our best happens these days. Mm-hmm. Well, Lou, a lot of people feel like that's what's opened the door for these Jake Paul type of fights is, you know, boxing not making the best fights possible. 
Well, yeah, I think that that's partially true because when you don't make the best parts possible, also you don't make the stars that transcend boxing. Like, you know, in the days of like, you got to remember, man, Leonard Hearns, Hagler and Duran, not only were they four boxing stars, they were four sports stars. They were pop culture stars. Mm. They were in commercials all over the world. They were celebrities like Ali was, like Tyson was. And, and, and right now, partially because our product's not consistently where it could be, guys aren't becoming what they could be. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of fighters that are through. I'm not going to name names, but a lot of world champions making a lot of money that could still walk down, you know, the streets of Times Square yeah. when it's normal times yeah. and no one would know who the fuck they are. And and, and, that's and, and and that's a little different from when I was a kid. You know, yeah. when I became a well, look, I'm I'm old, man. Yeah. But like, I, I I turned sixty during this shit. I, I can't. I, I never even knew what sixty looked like, man. And that now I'm sitting here and I'm sixty and I can't believe it. Somebody, you know, but Lou, somebody told me an amazing story that Ali fought one night, and after he after he won, he knocked out the guy. He said, he said the he said basically the world always stood still when Ali was in the ring, but the world stood still when a lot of big fighters were in the ring. He said that after Ali got that knockout, I think it was George Foreman. After Ali knocked out Foreman, people got in their cars and drove around the city beeping horns about, oh, yeah. about Ali. No, I, I, about boxing. I, I, I worked at HBO before I became a promoter for about over a decade. That's to some extent, that's where I made my bones. I didn't know if we boxing. were going to get into that or not, but yeah, I, I know that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how many people do, but Mr. H. Yeah, well, I was I was pretty good at that stuff when I yeah. was on TV, and and I remember I had just started 1989. It was like I had just started at, at HBO, and I I, I could have gone to the Tyson Douglas fight, but they said to me, "I don't bother. It's been a long way to go for a short fight." Little did mm-hmm. they know, but. I remember watching the fight in New York City in my apartment and the window was open because it was uh, like a nice night. And when the fight got stopped, you heard through the window screams Mm. of people from their like like apartments and houses screaming when Mike Tyson had lost that it was like such a shock. Yeah. And, And and, you know, while. All the boxing or dead people are wrong. It's never going to die. Mm-hmm. Like, and, 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 and they're wrong simply because people will always fight mm-hmm. for other people's entertainment. Mm-hmm. And the, the sport has such a purity and a, a, a beauty in its brutality yeah. that it's never going to totally gonna go away. Yeah. It, it's become more of a niche sport now. Yeah. It's not like the same thing where, where we were, you know, yes, on a great night, on a big night of a big fight, we can command the attention of the sports world. But there was a time where we were commanding the attention of the sports world almost every week. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, that's and that's where I'd like to get us back to. Yeah, that's I, I'm doing my I, part. I told Sean, I, I've, I've always respected you and been a fan just because, like, you are on here. You, you shoot it straight. I've never heard you say something where I was like, eh, I'm, I'm getting some bullshit vibes from, from what Lou's saying because it <laughs> seems like it always comes from the heart. Another thing that, that I've grown to respect you even more for is um, just being an advocate for women's boxing. Why? Where does that come from specifically? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you have Amanda Serrano, who is we talked about it, unbelievable in the ring. Yeah. And where is yeah, that? She, love she's an from? incredible talent. Yeah. You know what's interesting? That it, 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 it came from a weird place because I wasn't always pro women's boxing. Back in the in the um, like the nineties and the early two thousands, um, the talent pool was so thin. Mm-hmm. Like there were women that were great even then, Ann Wolf, 
Leila Ali, mm-hmm. Christy Martin, um, Lucia Riker was the greatest female fighter I'd ever seen. Yeah. Like, you know, back when. Um, and there was tremendous talent, but there was nobody for them to fight. Yeah. And even now, frankly, you know, at, at the higher weight classes, like for Claressa, there's almost no one to fight. Mm-hmm. Like there's no talent pool. But but right now at the lower weight classes, yeah, you're seeing women's boxing healthier than it's ever been. Yeah. And there are more little girls in the gyms. There are more young women in the gyms. Female amateur boxing has a lot of tremendous talent in it. Like the women and how hard they work and how willing they are to sacrifice for so much less money than the men for with barely in the United States, any opportunity, you know, not a lot. You know, I I think that series you've been working on, Sean ring city has, has done a lot for women in in the last year. They've created more opportunities for women, Mm -hmm. but like there hasn't been a PBC fight um, involving women since I stopped doing, doing promotion with BBC Um, or more accurate. Like, you know, Al and I are still cool. We just stopped working together, but, but, but back then, there was a little bit. You don't see any PBC fights right now involving mm-hmm. women. Um, you don't see any Showtime fights right now involving women. Mm-hmm. ESPN has one female fighter, Michaela, and that's it. Like, they're not really in women's boxing. They're mm-hmm. in Michaela boxing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the opportunities are few and far between. So now it's almost become a cause because God knows I'm not making money in women's boxing. You know, but but I, I you know what? Like, uh, you know, I've had a nice run, and 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 maybe before I'm done, they'll remember a little bit that I was part of helping women's boxing mm-hmm. get to a fairer place. Mm-hmm. Women's boxing is never going to be where men's boxing is, mm-hmm. but it certainly should be in a place where there is more regular opportunity for these ladies. And, and you know, I have three female world champions in the 140 pound weight class, and it's impossible for those women in the United States to get a television slot right. that will pay them $50,000 right. to defend the world title. Right. You know, and, and part of the reason why I'm cool with Kaylee Reese and Christina Lenardo too, and Mary McGee is because they know how hard I'm working to try to make it happen for them, mm-hmm. but I can't make a network pay. Mm-hmm. I can't make a streaming service pay. Mm-hmm. I can't make them give slots to women more often. I can, I can hustle and, and do, have conversations like this and point out how right. I think things are unfair, but right. it's not so easy to change those things. Right. But you know what, man, the women that are fighting right now, they're doing it out of love. Yeah. Like they love the game. That's a they fact. love, you know, they love fighting and, and you know, women give birth. they they have a tremendous tolerance <laughs> for pain. Yeah. You don't see women quit in that ring. Yeah. You know, you don't. Never. Like they throw, like they throw down. You I watched, I mean, that, that fight on, Ring City, that, that that Bermuda's eight shots, she kept coming. Mm-hmm. She kept throwing. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, there was a reason that girl was on a female pound for boundless. Yeah. Even even myself, I, I never really paid female boxing attention too much. You know, I knew some of the big names growing up and I know some of the big names now, but Ring City honestly has been the ones that kinda I like was forced to study these women and be prepared to to talk about them on air. And I'm like I missed something, and and uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I missed it, but these women are good. 
These women got yeah, a skills. Lot, a lot of them are and these there are women, some really, really talented these ladies. Women man, fight like, with, a lot of them are really it's not an exaggeration. These women fight with tons of heart. I'm not going to say they fight with more heart than men, but there's some men out there that don't do what these women are willing to do in the boxing ring. And I find it very, uh, very um, admirable, and I find you very commendable. It's very commendable for you to, to go out there and try to make that happen for those women. And I hope right. that at some capacity this does something that, to spark it. I have one. And by the way, I'm going to say something you don't hear a lot. I love the two minute rounds. Love you do, hundred percent, man. Mm. Because you get nonstop action every That's round. That's true. Um, you know, there, there's another issue. People don't want to talk about it so much, but women are more susceptible to yeah. serious concussive yeah. head injury than men are. It's yeah. just physiologically a, a fact. Yeah. I mean, there there's a reason. Like in in women's sports, they're looking at headers and women's soccer and stuff like that there is a little bit of a difference in terms of of how women are affected Mm -hmm. by blows to the head and concussion Mm -hmm. um and and frankly like if you're not going to get tv networks and streaming services to televise 20 minutes in a championship fight or (laughs) 16 minutes of action in a in a regular fight right why, why do you think they're going to give more time when you right. make the fights longer? Right, right. right. Um, you know, I think you might see a couple of more knockouts with three minutes rounds, but what you're going to see more often is simply that women don't punch the same way, yeah. and they don't. Yeah. And you're going to see longer fights that yeah. are less action-filled. Yeah. And that's not going to help anybody, yeah. honestly. But if we want to start thinking about changes to women's boxing, maybe we take down the size of the gloves. So where men mm. men use eight and ten ounce mm-hmm. gloves, maybe women should be using six and eight round eight mm. ounce gloves. I tend to think that would result actually in more knockouts and and maybe a little bit more uh, excitement. You know, action action yeah. that's a little hotter. Yeah, I have I have one out of left field. Pun intended. You're obviously a baseball owner. Multiple teams. Dang yes. it. If oh, you could get if you could get one baseball player in baseball history in the ring for a sparring match, so you could put hands on them. Who you pick? <laughs> If I could put hands on, yeah, them? you get you get three minutes a sparring Ooh. round. You get to Alex Alex shot. Rodriguez. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's a good one. I, I think that might be one of the most popular answers. I would guess. Come on, Alex, I'm a best fan one, too. So it's especially series. Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. you got some shot. One series in '09, Lou. We got we got to cut him some slack. Who's that? I said A Rod got us one World Series in '09, Lou. We got to we got to cut him a little slack. All right, you, you got a point. You got a point there. You got a Thank point. you. Uh, hey, hey, Lou. You know, as, as Sean's friend, my thing with Sean, you know, I, I'm a realist with him. I, I'm the friend. I do okay income, and I'm cheap. So my thing is always trying to tell Sean we got to have money out after boxing. Man, excuse me, you, my dog is punching me. In the face. Yeah, what's up with that? The dog did not appreciate the A Rod shot. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll tell you what it is. She's a puppy. And she's like, I mean, I was hanging around a lot during this pandemic. So this girl, the dog got a lot of attention. So when I'm sitting here on the phone talking to you guys, she gets jealous. So she jumps up and starts punching me in the face. Um, <laughs> but, so I was on, just wondering, right. you, you're a realist. You give it, uh, you tell it like it is. Have you ever advised like guys like with their money situation? Obviously, you're not going to, you're only going to make this money for so long. And you got, you still have another 30 to 40 years after you ever advise guys like give good advice. You seem like you do pretty well with your money owning the biscuits and stuff. It's the Montgomery biscuits. That's his baseball team. <laughs> and the Richmond <laughs> and the Richmond flying squad. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know well, what? I, I, I mean, play for on a mobile show, but it's generally more of a management role 
to okay. be talking to fighters about their technically a promoter doesn't have like even legally a fiduciary duty, you know, mm-hmm. like a duty to the fighter that a manager has. But I, I mean, I, I, I've, re- I've released a lot of fighters that have gone on and continued because I felt that they weren't going to win a title again or be able to see big money again. And I didn't want them to take more abuse physically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I try to set some kind of rules for myself. I've always advised fighters when they make a lot of money to, to try to get an annuity or go talk to a financial advisor. You know, even during the pandemic, I just didn't realize that they were, they theoretically could have gotten unemployment um, and, yeah. and, and, you know, seen benefits. Yeah. It, it's very important for a fighter to have um, either a good manager or a good lawyer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't necessarily think you need both, but, but one or the other, I think, is an important thing. Um, you know, because also the business has also changed right now. Um, you know, there, there are three outlets, major outlets in North America, and, and only four promotional companies have output deals. You know, I mean, if you, if you consider PBC a promotional company, and I don't want to get into the debate, but I probably do. Don't do it. Don't do um, it. Allegedly. I'm not going to. Don't do it. Not, not here. No, no, not here. Not not, I won't. Not here. I look, <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed my, I, mean, I got to promote some of the best fighters in the world yeah. during the years I worked with PBC. Yeah. I got to promote Sean Porter. I got yeah. to promote all those great welterweights. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, I'm grateful for the time I, I worked, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with those guys. And, and you know, you, you, you do business together as long as with, sometimes with people. And then that that stage of things ends. You haven't seen me go out there and, and say a bad word about Heyman. Yeah. Because well, you- Al and I go back a long, long time. And and uh, and all in all, you know, my, my, my whole life's experiences with Al have been more positive um, than anything else. You, you know, that, everybody, you work long enough with people, you're going to disagree on some shit. That's you, just, yeah. that's just life. And, 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 uh, both Al and I are strong, you know, people, but, um, I got great respect for him and what he's done with PBC and, and how many fighters he's made wealthy. And, and honestly, that's, that's what a manager is supposed to do. Exactly. So, uh, I, I got to tell this story. I hope you don't mind. Cause R.A. the rugged man, he mentions this story to me every time. Cause he was there. I think you know R.A., uh, but we actually met over 15 years ago, but I don't know if you remember. But uh, the, I'm at the fight, Hopkins versus Taylor 2, with my buddy. And, and you're there, very serious, very focused on this huge fight everyone's been waiting for. And I see you walking through the arena, ready for the main event, and me and my buddy go, hey, Lou! And we throw up the X like that, and, <laughs> and you go, like we deserved like we deserved we got the middle figure we deserved and of course because you and bernard had your your awful falling out and uh but but lou is was a great guy i was 14 at the time me and my buddy and right after the fight he saw us and he's he's like get over here and he took a picture with both of us and we were it was just hilarious you know we were both fucking around do you remember that at all lou Uh, i mean i mean i I hadn't until you just refreshed me but yes i do (laughs) you know you you made a point, though, but Bernard and I had, a, you know, I like Bernard wasn't getting TV time. And when I left HBO, part of the deal I got was I got dates to, to, to make fights. And I gave a bunch of those dates to Bernard to build him. And I made the deal with King that got Bernard the Trinidad fight. And which where he really shocked a lot of people. I didn't shock me. Um and, and then, you know, and then he and then he, he said some shit about me that just wasn't true. And I had I wound up suing him and beating him in court on libel. 
because frankly, it was all the shit that he said was a lie. And and I, I won in court. Mm-hmm. Now, now, for a while, man, things were really raw because I had like this was a guy that I believed in and had strong feelings for that I felt really wronged me. And me and him were like oil and water for a number of years. Mm-hmm. But you know what's interesting, man? Time heals things, and people get to talk. And Bernard um, made a point of reaching out to me later and saying some things I think that we both needed to. Well, I needed to hear and maybe he needed to say, um, but he and I are cool now. I mean, we, you know, it's, it's easier, even if you have a really, you know, rough time with people, we also had some, you know, some, some good memories together. And as he, uh, and as he said to me, he, he spoke to me after we, we got elected to the hall of fame in the same year, Oh, you nice. know, and he said, well, we, you know, we both, uh, he goes for all our, our, our ups and downs and troubles. We, we both got to a pretty good place. You know? mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm cool with the fact that we made peace because whatever happened, man, Bernard Hopkins, the fighter, that's just one of the greatest of all time. Period. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's really one of the great middleweights yeah. in the history of boxing, yeah. a tremendous athlete, a tremendous fighter. Yeah. And people forget he got out of the joint and lost his first fight. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look, and look where he is. Yeah. You know? Clinton Mitchell, I think was his name or something. Yeah, yeah that's very good, Sean. Good, good memory. Yeah, man. This guy, though. All right, Lou, we go, we... Oh, I always love that story, man. I'm, I, I hope, I hope you love it a little bit. Well, <laughs> well I'm sorry, Sean. I gave you the finger, and I'm glad I no, took that picture with it. It felt deserved. It felt deserved. I knew from that moment I had a future in this business, Lou. Thank you, <laughs> Lou. You have a good night, man. Thank you for staying up with us. And uh, great to great see you, man. With you guys. And, Hope uh, to see you soon. Best. I look forward to. I look forward to doing this again sometime. Yeah, man. You know, we'll have you back on, Lou. Take care. No doubt. Take care. Take care, man. Yeah. Bye, bye. Thanks, Lou. That was good stuff. That was good stuff. Um, hey, he's a realist. Of, he's yeah, a realist. Yeah. Speaking of the X, man, I'm hoping I'm sending good thoughts out to the DMX. Yeah, reminded me. Yeah. DMX. Dark Man X, man. That's a legend. What's his What's his status like now? Uh, I, I don't think there's been a, any too official of an update, but uh, still seems kind of touch and go. But that, I think they said he's in a vegetative state. Oh, yeah, la- last that's I heard, of, yeah, it wasn't great. But that that's a dude that he had. He has possibly the best energy you could get in rap songs. Like in his run, you throw some of those songs on, and it's just like next level. I mean, Ant's got Tyson on his shirt. Tyson walked out to DMX and. <laughs> Uh, he, I think I think his legacy is is underrated in the grand scheme. I'm hoping he definitely pulls through. I have I have an interesting fan question that kind of goes to what um, to what Lou mentioned uh, as, as far as the kind of the dream matchups not being made. So, and, and I'm glad we have Sean's. I make him on on the new ESBC video boxing game. Yeah, nice, good plug. Yeah. Which who who continues to add great fighters, by the way, <laughs> for real. <laughs> yeah, but my guy. Uh, my guy Roberto Garcia from tech, down in Texas said, uh, "So his dream fight is Spence versus Bud, and then the other ones listed are Canelo and Charlo, Canelo and Plant, and Lopez and Tank, and then also Porter and Bud. Outside of any involving you, Sean, right, 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 all, right. What is the absolute dream matchup? You need to see one fight happen. What is it? Oh Lord, I need to see one fight happen. Has to happen. Oh, Just man, need, one need to see one fight." I love I love that list. Yeah. I really love uh, Lopez and Tank Davis. I I, I kind of feel like that could be the one. I know it's the last one you named, so yeah. I don't want to jump on it like that. But yeah. I really don't think that. I think that the separation between Canelo and everybody else is 
it's still a, a the considerable considerably a wide margin. Um, you know, going down the list. I I I and I really like the fight that you that you mentioned the other day. I think we were talking about it through text. You said Keith Thurman and and uh and Terrence Crawford. I love that fight too. You know, I and I know that uh, that Keith hasn't done much and so on and so forth, but I love the the makeup of that fight in my head, you know, and then um, kind of moving on down the I line. Like, I hear you, but I felt like we didn't see the legs and the speed and the athleticism quite that we saw when Keith fought you in 2016 yeah. when he fought Manny Pacquiao yeah. two years ago. Yeah. So I don't know if that fight's as tantalizing as it was if Keith was the fighter he was then. What's yeah. the top one for you, Sean, Saito? Canelo and David Benavides. Although I wish David hadn't of, of got stripped of his belt, obviously, because now yeah. that's the little missing ingredient, you know, is David's credibility a little bit because he's not bringing home, he's not bringing a world title to the table. But that said, you talk fireworks, bombs away, two great fighters with speed and power who stylistically match up for a can't-miss fight, Canelo Benavides. I think my I think my top two are Bud and Spence. I, I could convince myself of 10 different outcomes <laughs> of that fight. Like I could be like, yeah, I think Bud gets him. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I think Arrow gets him. And then the other one you mentioned, Benavidez, would be Benavidez plant. I think we've mentioned before. But that too, yeah, yeah. The background on that one and then obviously the stylistic matchup. What about you, Ant? I, I'll take Demetrius Andrade versus both any Charlo. Oh, pick I like one of that. Them. I'm down pick for one that. Of them. I got two. I got two for y'all. So okay. I already said Lomachenko, excuse me, Lopez and Tank Davis. I love yeah. that fight straight up and down. Ooh, also, up. Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. I like that Ooh. matchup too. Yeah. Almost yeah. getting concussed in that fight. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly <laughs> both of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a and, and kind of the as we close it up, big fight coming up this weekend, Boots Ennis and, and Lipignettes. Mm-hmm. What is the bigger win? I saw my guy Trap Basquiat on Twitter said, What's the bigger win right now? Maurice Hooker for Virgil Ortiz or Lipignettes for Boots? Lipignettes for Boots. Think so? Um, yeah, because Lipignettes is he's more he has a more um he's got more experience a decorated uh professional career at this point. You know, he's been yeah. in the ring with some top guys. He he's dropped the ball a couple of times, big big knockout by uh by um uh Garcia by uh uh Mikey, uh, Mikey Garcia. Mikey. Um but I think I I think that Lipnitz and Boots Ennis is I think that that fight is going to really ch- it's going to challenge Boots and I think it's going to bring a lot out of him. I don't yeah. think that um, Maurice Hooker really challenged um, Virgil Ortiz the way he he needs to be challenged. Um, there there were moments for him, but I mean it was not not enough. But I yeah, think I thought, we'll, we'll get that from this fight. I thought with the experience that Lipinets has, I thought Hooker had that with his range and his height and i think looking mm-hmm. he didn't look very good in his last fight uh-huh, yeah so i'm kind of and he's older so i yeah. i think it's really close i think it, it might i might give looking the edge mm-hmm. but i think it's gonna a lot gonna come down to the performance mm-hmm. like if boots just goes in there and blows him out of the water mm-hmm. then it's like oh, okay that, yeah. that's a big time win but it should be a good fight yeah looking at when he's on is, is a better puncher and, and he's a little more technically sound a little sharper you know punches come out more compact but like you guys said, Maurice Hooker, though, brings different elements to the ring with his height and ranginess. Um, so it's uh, it's pretty dead even. I think both of the two guys we have pegged as the future of the welterweight division, when Showtime Sean Porter leaves, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think they're both getting the, their perfect 
Lou Campbell, Ryan Garcia type of test that they need. I'm, I'm going to say a push. I I'm going to say a push. I and it'll come down to who looks more impressive. I, uh, you know, I just – I'm going to write that word down, push. I should I should, I should, should opt out. Don't give him no. another opt-out word. Because <laughs> now, now Sean, he's going to say, I can't pick a yeah, winner, push, a push. Uh, yeah, 50-50 yeah. fight. He's going to think of all synonyms for yeah. not making a selection. I'm doing it. COVID-19. Like yeah, that. he's going to say dead. He, about, like, it's going to be everything. Yeah. What about Joe Smith? The man yeah. with cement in his gloves. Taking on Maxime Vlaslov. This guy Vlaslov, I was—he's very tall, very awkward, rangy, but and he's got good legs. I think he'll—I think he's going to jump out to a lead in this fight. But in the second half of the fight, when those legs start to slow down, he is—he's going to be in trouble staying in front of Joe Smith for for more than a couple seconds at a time. So, was it Joe Smith a, that knocked Behop out of the ring? Yeah. Yeah, that was tough to see. Yeah. yeah for everybody. Yeah, he landed <laughs> and landed straight on the ground. We got any more fan questions? <laughs> nah, I, I feel like we're about done for this week. I, I we have some good ones in the holster for next week though. Yeah, we had a long night, long yeah. that's a long time. Couple hey man, yes. I'm back on my wild boy stuff. What that mean? We're going to Laguna Beach this weekend, baby. Oh, we'll be man. in the water. Look, my man that got his vaccine, he's, he about to go test it out. No, I ain't getting it yet. I ain't getting it yet. Are you getting <laughs> <laughs> hey, Even better. You know, you know, huh? Even better, baby. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're going to be out here, baby. Swimming wow, with God. the fishers. So, so, so what? You uh, you want free stuff in Laguna Beach? What? What's going on? We probably ain't got it. Just in case we do, I don't even know. Free stuff. Yeah, give me some free stuff. Hold up. When you going? Uh, I'm leaving Friday. Okay. I'll be back Sunday. And the show is on tomorrow, so holla, holla at Ant. Yeah, give me yeah. some free stuff, Let, man. <laughs> he, 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 he hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. Hey, you're talking I'll about sleeping with the fishes. You know, you know where me and Luke come from. That means something a little yeah, different. I know. Right? I, when I said Uh-oh. that, yeah, yeah, don't like kill Michael me. Michael Phelps. Don't, kill man, nobody kill me now. Yeah, this, oh, no problem. I'm sure, I'm sure some people, if not everybody, and I know we'll have it up, but I do. I did not introduce our guest today. We had Jamel Char- uh Wow. Jamel Herring, WBO champion, and also Lou DeBella, um, top-tier promoter in this boxing game. And uh, it was cool to get him on the show for a little while. Both those guys will be back because they deserve to be back. And I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to having Lou back. He, he's real, and, and you, need, you need some real in this sport. So appreciate sure. those guys. Appreciate you guys. Carson A. Merck, Anthony Bernal, Sean Seitel. I'm your boy Showtime, Sean P. Enjoy. Don't tell me you didn't enjoy what you saw Because I know you did What you need to do now Hit that subscribe button Hit the like Hit that notification button Check us out every week Every Tuesday Something new for you right here On the Port Away Podcast It's obvious We're being let down by the institutions We used to trust The mainstream media are distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the real concerns of American families. Countries we're at odds with are hoarding food, financial systems are strained, and supply chains remain too fragile. We can tell something is coming, so we're preparing. Folks are getting into self-reliance and investing in emergency food storage. And My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, makes it easy for you to have peace of mind knowing you're prepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure some emergency food kits. There's a dozen to choose from that contain tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging 2,000 calories per day. 
get at least one food kit for each family member. And while you're there, stock up on water filtration, heirloom seeds, and emergency gear, too, at MyPatriotSupply.com. It's time to prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com.